Forecast, a look at the week's biggest stories and what they mean from the editors at Factal. I'm Jimmy Lovis. Today is September 28th, and in this week's forecast, we've got France pulling troops from Niger, a Mediterranean leader summit, a possible U.S. government shutdown, parliamentary elections in Slovakia, and primaries in the Dominican Republic. You can also read about these stories and more in our weekly newsletter, which you'll find the link to in the show notes. Up first, we'll take a look at the French military withdrawal from Niger. For more on that, we've got Factual Senior Editor, Sophie Perrier. Hello, Sophie. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for your time today. Hoping you can brief us on what we need to know about France and Niger. So, to start, can you give us a bit of a recap? Absolutely. So, France has been locked in a standoff with Niger's junta since it seized power in a military coup back in July. The junta has repeatedly ordered the French ambassador and French troops stationed in the country to leave. France has refused to withdraw its diplomat, saying it doesn't recognise the authority of the junta and is calling for the deposed President Bazoum to be reinstated. Meanwhile, anti-French demonstrations have been occurring outside the French military base in Niger, most recently in early September, with protesters calling for the departure of the ambassador and French troops. And what's the latest then? How are things going right now? Well, France's President Macron announced on Sunday that the 1,500 French troops who are stationed in Niger will leave the country by the end of the year. And the French ambassador to Niger has also already departed. Both things are a major concession to the military junta following France's previous position. This does significantly weaken France's influence in the region, both in terms of its sort of regional sway, although this has been waning for some time, given the rise in anti-French sentiment in other West African nations, but also in terms of France's contribution to the counter-terrorism force, which is based in the Sahel region to fight insurgent groups. What have the reactions been like in Niger and elsewhere for that matter? Well, Niger's junta says that it is awaiting details from the French government about the troop withdrawal and has called for a negotiated framework. From a sort of population perspective, apparently spontaneous celebrations broke out outside the French military base in Niamey in Niger, suggesting that locals are supportive of the decision. From an international reaction perspective, it's been reasonably muted because although France has held on to their position following the military coup, this eventual withdrawal was reasonably expected. Well, I know you can't predict the future, but if you could, what do you think folks should be watching for next? I can certainly try. Uh, Well, France said military cooperation with Niger is over, but hasn't yet given any clarification on the fate of the 1,500 troops currently stationed there. They could return to France, but they could be redeployed to another West African nation uh, if France plans to continue contributing to the counterterrorism force in the Sahel. That said, there aren't too many countries in the region where troops could be deployed. France has already repositioned troops from Mali and Burkina Faso after coups in 2020, 2021 and 2022, respectively. Outside of France, the US has about a thousand troops stationed in Niger. Now, unlike France, the junta hasn't actually asked these forces to leave, but it's not clear whether the US will maintain them in Niger without the French presence for that additional support. 
Finally, it's pretty likely Russia will seek to make further inroads in Niger following the withdrawal of French troops. So in neighbouring Mali, the military junta there already has a relationship with Wagner mercenaries. So it's pretty likely Russia will seek to replicate that relationship in Niger under the guise of supporting counterterrorism operations with the departure of the French troops. Well, Sophie, we'll pause there for today. But as always, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Leaders from the European Union's nine states on the Mediterranean will meet in Malta tomorrow. The annual Med9 Leader Summit comes amid a cascading series of crises in the region. Those include catastrophic storms and headline-grabbing upticks in migration that recently saw thousands of migrants arrive on the Italian island of Lampedusa. The Med9's European Affairs Ministers have already met in Malta earlier this month, and their energy ministers met there in May. Now, with more time having passed since the start of the war in Ukraine, the ministers will likely devote more time and resources to the climate and migration issues than last year. Still, there are no indications that any specific deliverables aside from the regular statements are planned. Finally, it remains unlikely that an increasingly boisterous Turkey will approve of the summit's outcome. After all, Turkey, the EU's ever-mercurial partner in migration policy, has condemned previous statements from the summit. The U.S. Congress and the Biden administration have until Saturday night to reach an agreement on next year's budget. That is, if they want to avoid the first government shutdown since December of 2018. Of course, with Republicans holding a narrow majority in the House, Speaker Kevin McCarthy has encountered staunch resistance from GOP hardliners. They want significant spending cuts in exchange for their vote on a budget deal. Meanwhile, if the Senate ultimately passes a bipartisan stopgap funding measure, McCarthy could be forced to decide whether to bring the bill to the floor and risk a challenge to his speakership, or allow a shutdown to move forward. Now, if no deal is reached, millions of federal employees would not receive paychecks, though essential workers would still be required to report to their jobs. Nearly 7 million people who receive food assistance through the WIC program would also lose access to that help. Voters in Slovakia will elect a new legislature on Saturday, that after cycling through four prime ministers in the last five years. Slovakia's government functions as a parliamentary republic where a weak president is selected every five years in conjunction with a powerful 150-seat National Council and Prime Minister chosen at least every four years. The last election, in 2020, saw the anti-establishment Ordinary People and Independent Personalities Party form a conservative government headed by Igor Matovich. Matovich resigned in 2021 amid scandals surrounding a deal for coronavirus vaccines with Russia. President Zuzana Chapatova then appointed a series of unelected caretaker governments over three years until early elections were called. Now, polling indicates that three-time former Prime Minister Robert Fico and his populist Smur Party will likely win the most seats. Fico resigned from the Prime Ministership in 2018 following the murder of an investigative journalist that exposed ties between Fico and the Calabrian Mafia. Major gains are also expected for the liberal progressive Slovakia party, which is polling within a couple points of Smur. Crucially, Fico has campaigned on withdrawing support for Ukraine and no longer enforcing sanctions on Russia. Smur's ability to implement these policies would depend largely on if they were able to form a coalition government with Eurosceptic far-right parties. Nevertheless, Fico's return to power would be an alarming development for Ukraine. Dominican President Luis Abinader will take the next step towards re-election on Sunday, with a large turnout expected for the ruling party's primaries for next year's election. 
Abinader was elected president in 2020, ending the 16-year rule of the Dominican Liberation Party. His modern revolutionary party also won a majority of seats in the Senate, and more seats than any other party in the Chamber of Deputies. Abinader is a former businessman with ties to the tourism industry. He maintains a high approval rating in the country despite being accused of tax evasion in the Pandora Papers. Recent polls show him holding a significant lead over the two other main candidates. Now, one of Abinader's main policies has been cracking down on Haitian immigration. In fact, he's expelled thousands of Haitians from the country. Recently, he even ordered the border be closed due to a conflict over the construction of a canal. His administration is also in the process of building a border wall. Accordingly, if Abinader is overwhelmingly put into power again, he may continue making more anti-Haitian decrees. One final note for you, the podcast will be off next week, so our next episode will be out October 12th. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on X, the site formerly known as Twitter, where we'll still be posting regular breaking news. As always, thank you for listening to The Factual Forecast. We publish our forward-looking podcast and newsletter each Thursday to help you get a jump start on the week ahead. Please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcasts. We'd love it if you'd consider telling a friend about us. Today's episode was produced with work from Fractal Editors Matthew Hippolito, Joe Vieira, Owen Bonnerts, and Jeff Lanson. Our interview feature editor Sophie Perrier, and our podcast is produced and edited by me, Jimmy Lovis. Our music comes courtesy of Andrew Gosby. Until next time, if you have any feedback, suggestions, or events we've missed, drop us a note by emailing hello at factual.com. <laughs>